Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Ameen. We are in the last 10 nights. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Ameen. And uh, as we're getting to the end of Ramadan, Mufti <clears throat> Abdul Rahman finally sighted the moon and decided to join everybody else in fasting. Mufti uh, oh, no. Abdul Rahman Wahid is finally here. Everyone's been asking about Mufti Saab, Mufti Saab, Mufti Saab. You know, you guys took your moon sighting thing to like next level. You even brought it to the webathon too. So <laughs> you're, you're like, you know, Naked eye. I, I mean, you waited till you could see the moon in Detroit or wherever it is that you are right now. But alhamdulillah, you're fine. You're, you're fasting now. Alhamdulillah, it's good to have you on, Sheikh. Like I'm getting hurt by those comments. Like <laughs> I'm, Sheikh, sorry, I'm sorry. Sheikh Abdullah comes on. My older brother comes on every like the first night of Ramadan. He says, "You sighted the moon. You saw my face. Start fasting tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you guys are still old school. Like he literally throws me in the bus. <laughs> He throws you on the bus. Alhamdulillah, we we started fasting the same day. Sheikh Umar, don't I, I know you're a secret moonsider as well. I know that. I know that. Don't don't try to tell me you're not. All all in, on moonsighting, man. <laughs> oh man, just pull up, Facetime your brother. Apparently, that's it. Sheikh Umar, I've been watching you guys much. Like, I don't want, I don't want to say that you guys are doing a great job because who am I to tell you that? But I watched one episode specifically <clears throat> because uh, I mean I don't know. I was on that day on Sheikh Shanawi. And you brought up like, you know, when you see him with the big beard and, you know, you say you bring up Sheikh Abdullah's workout ethic and then you brought him up with basketball. I have a video for you. Fauzi, you there in the background? Could you put the video on, please? idea what just happened <laughs> Sheikh Abdullah that's this is uh, we're, we're being hijacked here man like our show's been taken from us I didn't know that was going to happen that's, this um, is a setup. hey listen are you in charge now do you have hosting abilities <laughs> who have you who have you recruited from Yakin? who works here everyone I'm kind of nervous man I know you get funny with the gin stuff sometimes. Is there something? What's going on here? Sheikh Abdullah, Sheikh Abdullah, can, Sheikh Abdullah, you're the one that's all about form and stuff. So Sheikh Umar is not about form. Like you can acknowledge the form there, you know, the snap of the wrist and the bend of the knee, you know, all that stuff. Don't do it, Sheikh Abdullah. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. It was nice, but He's it was. He's not your friend. He's not your friend, Sheikh. It was a little flat as a pancake, Sheikh. That thing oh was just. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> yeah. went in. Hey, it, it doesn't have the, to be pretty. It just has to go in. You can watch the video afterwards and take lessons afterwards. Let's get into the I, I think this was an indirect shot at Shanawi. They need to go one on one. That's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Shanawi any day over you, Ooh. man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like, God will ball you up, man. But I'm not going to bring something up. I, I Actually, I will bring it up. Uh, the time you forgot to pick me up from the hotel because you were playing basketball all night and I had to take a taxi in Detroit. To the masjid oh, wow. after Fajr. 
I, I'll take your forgiveness, uh, you know. I beg you for forgiveness many times now. Please let it go, man. Let it go. It's the last 10 nights. I'm sorry I had to play ball the whole night. I lost the first four games. I was not going to leave till I won a few. <laughs> and that went all the way to the fudger. I felt like LeBron that day with all these old guys on my team. You know, that was my problem that day. It wasn't my fault. It was my GM's fault. You know, he wasn't ready to trade the draft picks. <laughs> I was late, Sheikh Abdullah. I was late to this message. I was supposed to give a halakha after Fajr. I'm getting phone calls. I couldn't find an Uber from this some place in Michigan. They put me in. Mufti, Mufti Saab was supposed to pick me up. Hotel front desk is like, let me call. This is all a true story. Let me call a cab. Cab comes and it's like I'm his first customer in like 50 years. There's a tire in the back seat that's like hitting me in the back, like while we're riding. I get to the masjid after Duha. They've been waiting for me. And anyone in Detroit can attest to this. And, uh, I, I, he, I, you know, I tried to pay. He doesn't take credit card. I had to go inside the masjid, get the cash, come back and pay him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so he saw him woke up like, uh, like an hour later. But you know what, Sheikh? I think I'm ready to forgive you. Jazakallah khair. I appreciate that, Sheikh. I appreciate that. I, I think I just had to share it, share my trauma with Sheikh Abdullah Duro and everybody else. And I think I'm good now. And that means you're never going to mention it again in your life. We're not on Surah Yusuf today. Maybe <laughs> next year in Quran 30 for 30, you can come on Surah Yusuf and remind me about this. Inshallah. Inshallah. For sure. All right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in all seriousness, Sheikh, not bad. Not not bad. Not bad. That's You, you can you can ball, mashallah. We're, we're happy to have you, Mufti Saab. We love the work that you guys do at Miftah. We love the work that you're doing, and uh, we we appreciate you and love your brotherhood. Alhamdulillah. I mean, and uh, I hope, inshallah, the audience will be very happy to hear you. And we're looking forward to hearing your reflections on the Quran and your Urdu poetry, which I'm sure will come out at some point. Inshallah. All right. So, Sheikh Abdullah, what juz are we in? I, I'm I'm holding a mushaf. What juz are we in today? Twenty-three. 23, that's right, we're in 23. All right, I'm in Surah Al-Zumar. Uh, and this is actually, obviously, where you have Arja ayah fi kitab Allah, according to many of the companions of the Prophet the most hopeful ayah in the Book of Allah. But uh, really, you know, uh, two sections that, subhanAllah, we can compare that are profoundly uh, connected to this idea of preparation for the hereafter. And I'll actually start um, from this place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse uh, 45 that when the name of Allah is mentioned then they're the hearts of those who don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't believe in the akhirah in particular uh, it's like they, they hate the mention of Allah they do not like the mention of Allah and that's because they don't believe in the hereafter it's an interesting connection that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes here right like they 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 don't like conversations about religion. They don't like mentions of the hereafter because they don't believe in the hereafter. And so when Allah is brought into the equation, when religion is brought up, it instantly causes people a sense of, um, you know, aversion. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, And then suddenly when the others are mentioned, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, then you see them celebrating, you see them rejoicing. Right, so this idea that they've been so deluded from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that the name of Allah, the very mention of the hereafter, the very mention of uh, reward and consequence, just it doesn't resonate with them at all. 
And then, subhanAllah, you move on to قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ It's literally on the next page, uh, verse 53. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَغْفِرُ الْذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ وَالْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Say, O oh my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah forgives all sins. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving and merciful. Rahim. And this is the, the hopeful ayah, right? To remind you that Allah's mercy is encompassing enough to catch you no matter how far you've gone away from Him. However, turn back to your Lord and submit to Him. Before the punishment arrives at you. SubhanAllah, it's like the punishment is on its way to you. Turn back to the mercy of Allah. No matter how far you've gone away from Him, that mercy will be near to you. Because Rahmatullahi Qareeb, it is close to the believers. The mercy of Allah is close to the believers when you turn back. But you need to turn around. You need to turn around. And submit yourself. Before the punishment comes to you, and then you will not be helped. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and follow the best of what has been given to you from your Lord before the punishment comes to you uh, suddenly while you are unaware of it. So then Allah Azza takes us to the excuses that people make on the Day of Judgment. So first Allah talks about the remorse that a person will say, Oh, how regretful I am. Hasra. Ya hasrata. SubhanAllah, Surah Yaseen, the ya hasrata ala al-ibad, right? People that feel sorry, the, the believers that feel sorry, the messengers, the inheritors of the messengers that feel sorry for those that didn't turn back to Allah. Here you have this person screaming on the day of judgment, I wish I would have listened. So if you start paralleling this, right, or making this parallel, first Allah said, come back to the mercy of Allah. You have a path back. And then here you have, I should have listened. And had I acted on my regret in the dunya, I would not be in the state of remorse in the akhirah. Okay? So that's the first thing here. Then Allah says, تَقُولَ لَوْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ هَدَانِي لَكُنْتُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Or that person would say, if Allah would have guided me, I would have been from the God conscious, meaning I would have abandoned sin. So here, this is a person that fails to take personal responsibility, Right? And if you parallel it to the second verse in the sequence before, this is a person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't wait for the punishment to come to you where you will not be helped. So this is the person who always looks to someone else for help, okay? Which is a mindset, right? They're constantly failing to take personal accountability because they're always looking for someone to bail them out. Oh, taqula hina tara al-adhab law anna li karra. Or that person would say, once they see the punishment, if only I had another chance, not only would I be from the muttaqin, from the mu'mineen, from the believers, from the God conscious that abandoned sin, I would have been from the muhsineen, the people of Ihsan, I would have excelled. And subhanAllah, this is the mindset. The third mindset that was addressed previously is the mindset of a person who waits for consequences, okay, in order to, uh, in order to adjust. And so Allah mentioned, this is a person, right? You wait until you can see the punishment. And then you say, oh, wait, let me go back. Okay? And here, 
if I had another chance, I would be from the people of Ihsan, I'd be from the people of excellence, meaning I would have acted for Jannah even further, right? So people that fail to take personal accountability, people that wait for others to bail them out, and people that wait for consequences to adjust, which is a problem, right? Then, subhanAllah, you, you go on to some of the most powerful verses where Allah then fast forwards to the actual arrival at the gates of paradise and hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the group of those who arrive at the gates of paradise. you know, Allah Azza just says they get to the gates of hellfire and there is no wafutihat, the, the wow. Wow that comes in the next verse in regards to the people of paradise and the gates of paradise will open. Uh, the gates of par paradise reveal paradise slowly. So paradise starts to reveal itself in this grand way. Whereas the gates of hellfire open suddenly and people are thrown into it. And here, qabli an adabu baghta the punishment comes to you so quickly. And at that point, you have such great regret that, you know, oh, uh, sorry, I think I'm back on, inshallah. Bismillah. Okay, sorry. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Can you all still hear me? Yes. Okay, alhamdulillah. So these are the people that show up and they are thrown in hellfire and they say, oh, wait, I should have thought differently. I should have prepared myself differently, right? And so you don't have the wow, the the slow unraveling of, of, of paradise that you have with hellfire. And the, the question from the angels is, didn't you have a chance? Like people came to you with guidance. So don't make that excuse. People came to you and told you, wake up and do what you need to do. And uh, at that point, that person admits, you know, bala. Yes, but at this point it's too late for us. Yes, we have certainly uh, been given that opportunity, but at the same time, uh, we are now just in the state of desperation and punishment. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, And, you know, give glad tidings to those people that are taken to paradise in these large groups. And Allah mentions particularly the quality of taqwa, the quality of God consciousness, which remember the people of the fire said, had Allah guided us, we would have been from the mutaqeen. So now you have the mutaqeen, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. And they are arriving at the gates of paradise. And then once they get to it, the gates of paradise start to open slowly. And they start to see paradise um, revealing its beauty, subhanAllah, slowly. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ طِبْتُمْ فَدْخُلُوهَا خَالِدِينَ And the, uh, the, the gatekeepers of paradise say, Peace be on to you, you have been purified, enter into it forever. Right? SubhanAllah, this is what you were working towards, and here's your affirmation from them. So the angels are telling the people of hellfire, Wait, didn't warners come to you? And the angels are telling the people of paradise and affirming them, you listened and this is your reward, right? And so the first words you sort of hear as you're entering into paradise versus the first words that the dwellers of the fire here, may Allah protect us from being amongst them, Allahumma ameen. It's very profound. And then finally, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
وقالوا الحمد لله الذي صدقنا وعد وأورثنا الأرض نتبوأ من الجنة حيث نشاء فنعم أجر العاملين so they're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the, the inhabitants of paradise for entering into paradise and uh, you know praising Allah for guiding them and saying what a great reward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what a great reward for the good doers those that put forth the deeds and then the last ayah this is the last scene, subhanAllah. You then see the angels, uh, you know, barefoot uh, around, or they, they're celebrating around uh, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, circling around the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Declaring his praise, declaring his perfection. And they're saying Alhamdulillah as well as they've seen this journey of the human being from start to finish. And they're seeing the inhabitants of paradise. You, you then see, you see the angels glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after congratulating the believers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that hear their congratulations and their affirmations and that see them uh, glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around his throne. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala place us as near to that throne as possible on the day of judgment. Allahumma ameen. Inshallah ta'ala, Shaykh Abdullah, I'll hand it off to you. Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. What we just heard was the message from the Qur'an. And the Qur'an is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's important for us to remember that, you know, many people, uh, I included, uh, when they embraced Islam, I remember, you know, they asked the question of, well, what was the main reason that made you embrace Islam? I say, well, God is telling me something I want to know. I want to know what he's telling me and I want to try my best to follow it. So when accepting the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the Quran and listening to the message and following the best of, best of it, so we're trying to listen to it and to follow the best of it, inshallah ta'ala. What does that do in the heart of the listener, of the reader, of the Muslim, when they realize that this is God talking? Like this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling me something. That would be the most important risala or message that I should concern myself with on a general generic level. Meaning that whatever is in this Quran is perfect. It is intentional. It is pure. It is full of mercy. It's full of love. It's full of strength. It's full of all the names and attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about within this beautiful, beautiful message. <clears throat> so what I want to cap capitalize on is that it's important for us within these last 10 days, particularly the odd nights, uh, and in general, to have some type of relationship with the Quran. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a beautiful hadith, ta'ahadu bil Quran. For walladhi nafsi bi yadi, fa innuhu ashadda tufallutan min al-ibli fi unuqiha, or fi uqliha. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that to have a relationship with the Quran, ta'ahadu, have a connection with the Quran. I swear by the one my soul is in his hands that verily it will leave you just as an, a camel leaves its 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 barracks or where it was where it is tied for which they would tie the knees or the legs of the camel to where it doesn't run away. So the Quran can be as such if one does not have a consistent relationship with it. Now, when I say consistent relationship, it doesn't mean that you have to memorize every verse of the Quran and you're not from the people of the Quran. No, just trying your level best to recite the Quran. Those of you that are young and those of you that convert to Islam or those of you that, you know, were Muslim and they're trying to have do something good by opening the Quran and reading it, shaitan is going to play with you 
and say, look, you can't read this. Why are you saying these phonetical sounds? What does it even really mean? You know, you're struggling. The Prophet is aware of that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of that. And in, in the beautiful hadith that the Prophet mentioned, this mutafiqun alayhi, it's agreed upon, where he said, The Prophet said, The one that reads the Quran and he is an ex, he or she is an expert in it, is with the noble angel scribes. The Prophet doesn't stop there. He continues on for the majority of us that are starting. He says, and the one that reads the Quran, is like to stutter. And it is hard upon him. It is, it is stressful. They receive two rewards. So that effort from Ash-Shakur is not neglected. Allah is never neglectful of that. The verse that I want to talk about is the verse in the chapter of Saad, where it's verse verse number 29, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, chapter number 38, verse number 29, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after a'udhu billah min ash-shaytan al-rajim, kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun liyaddabbaru ayatihi wa liyatadhakkara ulul albab. The book that we have sent down, i.e. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anzalnahu ilayka, to you, the book we have sent down to you, mubarakun, a blessed book. For what reason? What's the reason we sent down? So the book was sent, this blessed book was sent down to you, O Muhammad, and ultimately to all of us to ponder over it. And when we see the word from it is to ponder over something to get to the end. is to get to the very end of it. What is the point? What is the overlying message? What are the beautiful ornaments or the, the, the linguistic makeup that brings us to this profound message of this verse or of this word, of this ayah? So when we do that, that is the tadabbur. That is the husna tadabbur. We're pondering over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the ultimate goal to act on it. As Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud said, said, the people of the Quran, they're the ones that act upon the, the implications of the verses. So they're acting upon it. As Aisha mentioned about the Prophet ﷺ, that he was a walking Quran, as many of us know. So when looking at this, this is the first one, to ponder over it. And what's interesting here, the tadabbur, the pondering over the Quran, is why you're reading it. You're reading it. So any days that you are facing something, do you remember a verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do you remember what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying? Do you remember, you know, subhanAllah, when I think about this month of Ramadan and I think about the Quran, do I think, subhanAllah, this verse in and of itself, okay, the last 10 days are coming up. I want to read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kitabun Anzad, the book that we have sent down for us to ponder over it. Oh Allah, allow me to ponder over this Quran. You think about an event in your life or something that's happening in your life, and if you can remember what Allah said about it, well, there's nothing better than that. How, how, how good do we feel when we hear, we think of a mentor that we had, certain events in our life. I remember when my father said this. He was a righteous man. My uncle, my grandfather, they said this, and these words were made of dhahab, you know, the beautiful words that have gotten me through. SubhanAllah, let's be honest. 
brothers and sisters, how many of us, we hear kind of like these rock stars or rappers or whatever the case may be, you say, well, you know what, your music got me through, man. You know, it got me through the hard times. I memorized it because I've listened to it so much. This was something that I was facing before I became Muslim, but then I had to make a choice. It's like, look, the word of Allah and the word of the creation of Allah. It's a choice. It's a struggle. It's a struggle, but Allah loves the struggle. I'm going to put away the iPod and I'm going to pick up the Quran. I'm going to put away this device that may have something that's from an individual and the stress and struggles they're going through, which I face at the same time. But I want to give the Quran more of a chance because I know once I do that, it will permeate my heart. Maybe not tonight when I expect it to, but after religion, remember, it's on Allah's terms. You do the work, continue, stutter as much as you can, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy for you and give you rewards. And it's for us to remember that at the very end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is the core, the core. It's the people that use their intellect and they think, they think and they ponder over it. So when they do, they, they ponder over the Quran, they're saying, what's the ultimate message of this and how can I apply it in my life? That's the one that uses their intellect and thinks and ponders to the best of their ability because they know it's the creator of the heavens and the earth. So making that effort, inshallah, these last 10 days, you know, make a plan with yourself, with your family to read this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just ponder over it. It doesn't have to be the whole Quran, but a verse that impacts you. Even Al-Fatiha, when you say Alhamdulillah, think of all the things that Allah has praise for, which is everything, and making that effort to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what Allah loves. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of the Quran, may make us of those that act upon these beautiful verses, and allow these last 10 nights to be the strongest relationship we have to serve as a catalyst, a beginning to a new relationship with the Quran. Barakallahu feekum. Beautiful, Shaykh. May Allah bless you. Mufti Saab, Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Thank you so much, Shaykh Omar and Shaykh Abdullah. Those powerful words. As I was looking through the 23rd Juz, we know that the first portion of the 23rd Juz um, is still the end of Surah Yasin. And I was going through it thinking about what I'm going to speak about today. That's also a, a task for me to do because I just speak based on what my audience and what's coming to my mind. Um, we, have, we have a mention of three messengers in Surah Yasin, then a fourth one that Allah sent to support those three. Then we have mention of about eight prophets in Surah Safad and then about nine in Surah Sa'd, like altogether eight, nine in these surahs. And it made me think about this verse where Allah concludes the entire Safat. He says, وَلَقَدْ سَبَقَتْ كَلِمَتُنَا لِعِبَادِنَا الْمُرْسَلِينَ إِنَّهُمْ لَهُمُ الْمَنْصُورُونَ وَإِنَّ جُنْدَنَا لَهُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ That this has already been established for this, the servants that I have sent. The servants that I have sent. I'm going to use that word a few times now. That these servants that I have sent are definitely going to be assisted and helped by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As I was reading this verse, my father, may Allah bless him and give him a long life, I remember one time I was sitting with him and he mentioned a few things and he gave an example of being an ambassador versus, versus a tourist. Like if you're sent by a country as an ambassador to a country versus going there as a tourist, what are the, some of the differences? I wrote down seven at that time as my dad was talking. I'll try to remember a few of them today and share with you. The first thing that uh, the different first difference is the one who's being sent over here by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to know the fact that all of us, the prophets were sent with divine wahi, but 
we are ibadina. We have also been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of us on this world are not tourists here. We have to change our mind frame. We are not just tourists. Come here, look around, see what's going on, maybe go explore the moon. No, that's not what we're here for. We are sent by Allah. So the all the help and all the requirements of being a messenger, being a khalifa of Allah in this world are going to be with us. So what are some of the things that differentiate an ambassador versus a tourist? First of all, the one who's being sent by Allah, he knows he has the full support in the, of the qudra of Allah, the one who's sending him. That if anything happens to him, Allah is going to be there for him. Allah tells his messengers in this particular verse, Allah tells the Prophet, be patient because you're right in front of our eyes. We, you're right in front of us. And the fact that we know that, when Musa Islam was being uh, surrounded by Fir'aun, what did he say? Allah is with me because this messenger of Allah knows the qudra, the power, the help, everything of Allah is with them. And if anyone wants to come to harm them, what happens then? Allah says in another in surah, the Prophet saying to Abu Bakr. Now in Surah Yasin, Allah talks about Habib Najjar when they're trying to, they, they, they hurt him. What did Allah say? We didn't have to send a large army. Look, and that when people hurt and cause difficulty to this messenger of Allah, he didn't send a, a large group of angels. It was just one loud scream. But compare that to the messengers, the people who Allah sent to this world, who know we're sent by Allah. How did Allah aid them? He could have sent them one angel in Badr. But Allah says, Another verse he says Not only 3,000 angels But 5,000 angels Allah, Allah could have just sent one angel And that would have been enough to support But he sent 5,000 angels So the first thing an ambassador knows And the difference is that That person is being sent and supported by The, the country that's sending him Or her and Allah is sending us, Allah's powers, Allah's treasure is with us. The second thing that's the difference is, an ambassador's expenses are paid for. His travel, boarding, lodging, full responsibility of the one who's sending. In our case, it's the full responsibility of Allah. It is a responsibility of Allah. Allah tells messengers, That's why the messengers say over and over again, We don't want money. We don't want your gratification. We don't want nothing. Because all this Allah will give us. So the second thing as we're going through this life of ours is to understand we're sent by Allah. Allah has taken responsibility because He's the one that sent us. So why are we worried? You know, why... Imam Shafi'i said one part of his poem, he says, why am I worrying about this? Allah has already distributed this. Allah has taken responsibility for it. Even if I don't ask for it, Allah is still going to give it to me. You don't have to ask for risk. Allah will still give it to you because it was written for you. If you don't know the address to your job, to your risk, don't worry. Risk knows your address and it will reach you somehow, some way. Another point that's mentioned is um, Allah has taken responsibility to train us and to teach us. Don't get overburdened. How Sheikh Abdullah just mentioned if you started reading Quran. Allah says, When someone's being sent by a country, they train them, they teach them. Same thing Allah is telling the Prophet of Allah. Don't try too hard. Don't 
keep moving your tongue. It is our responsibility to teach you and to help you. So we're going to be in America and Canada, all over the world, facing all these different circumstances and situations. Some of these situations have, uh, were not Sahaba never faced. How are we going to go through life? Allah will teach us. The Prophet said in the hadith, Ya Abadar, ma zahida abdun fi dunya. No person is ever absent from dunya. Illa anbat Allah al-hikmata fi qalbihi. Allah gives them wisdom in their heart. Wa antaqa biha lisanuhu. And Allah makes them speak that wisdom through their tongue. Wa basarahu bi ayub al-dunya. Allah shows them the vices, the problems of this world And also gives that person uh, Inspires them with the solutions and the cure for the problems of this world So you have, you have this Allah, Allah the, the other part of this what I was saying was Allah is the one who takes responsibility for training and tarbiyah So don't take Don't, don't be too burdened by that Then another point as, as I'm going through all of them is the one who's being sent always cares and is cautious about the ghayra. He has ghayra, that he does not do anything or she does not do anything that will paint a bad picture of the one who's sending him. So in this situation, Allah sent us and we're representing the Prophet So we, are, we should always be cautious that if I do something wrong, it's going to reflect on the Prophet's character. It's going to reflect on the deen of Islam. You know, Iqbal, he says, Tu ghani azhar du alam man faqir. One of his best poems, he says, Oh Allah, you're so ghani and I'm so faqir. You're independent, I'm so dependent. On the day of judgment, don't stop me and hold me accountable for my good, deed and good deeds and bad deeds. But then he says, if you decide to take my accountability, I have one request. Don't take it in front of the Prophet because I don't want to hurt his feelings. The ghira of a person, the ghira, and we say in Arabic, the, that... I don't want to, I don't want to be I don't want to embarrass the Prophet. I don't want to misrepresent him. I remember I was driving really fast in my car, and one average person, you know, not even a scholar from overseas was sitting next to me, and I was driving fast and not putting my blinkers on. He looked at me and said, If you're gonna drive like this in this country, don't wear a turban. Because when someone looks at you, the they can look at you, of course, they can think maybe there's a Sikh or he's a Muslim, but maybe for sure, you know, most people will say this is a Muslim, and that's gonna reflect bad on Islam. So that's another thing we should think about when, we're, when as an ambassador, we're representing the Prophet We're representing Allah. Let our character not paint a bad picture on them. And finally, these guys are on the screen now again. Finally, it's it, the, a person who's being sent by Allah, who's being sent by Allah. You know, when you're being sent by a country and you're like high, high level, like Sheikh Umar's high level guy gets sent by and he's going somewhere, you have this direct communication with the, the people on top. You don't have to go through 5, 10, 15 different people. Similarly, we are we have been sent by Allah. We have this direct line of communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look in Surah Al-Anbiya, Allah talks about when Nuh al-Islam called, uh, called, called upon Allah, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ We answered their call. We answered their call. We answered their call. Four times in Surah Al-Anbiya, he mentions that. And similarly for us, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ we 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 have this direct line of communication with Allah because we are we are we have been sent by Allah. And one hadith Allah in hadith Qudsi Allah says, "Wama min abdin yuti'uni." Every time of my a person obeys me, illa wa ana mu'atihi qabla an yisalani. I will give him before or her before they even ask me because I know what they need. Wa mustajibu lahu qabla an yadu'ani. I will answer the call before they even make du'a. And I'll forgive them before they even ask for forgiveness. I conclude with this amazing poem of Iqbal. He says, Tari dua se qadaa to badal nahi sakti. Magar haa isse ye mumkin ke tu badal jai. 
It's possible that your dua does not have enough strength, that it will change the tides and change your destiny. But it's possible that this dua will change you. He said, maybe you could change. And then he says later on in the poem, he says, He says, your wish is that all your wishes are fulfilled. And my wish is that your wishes are your wishes and desires change. And you understand that you ask the right thing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah give us the understanding that we've been sent by Him. It's a very powerful feeling. Once you know you have Allah with you, you have direct line of communication, that's what gave the strength to the prophets of Allah. And that same strength we can have and we can navigate through life. And this is my message for all of you today. MashaAllah. Do I say, upon the conclusion, I say, TK. Is that how you do it? Wahwa. Wahwa. You say wahwa. Rahwa, rahwa. Oh. I can see Sheikh Abdullah was just flowing every time he started. He broke into Urdu poetry. I was looking at his face. I just told, I was looking at him. He was just like loving it, man. Yeah,man.ですごいね。いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし、いいし